Let's just pray that the Lord will really speak to us today. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are God who keeps covenant. Thank you for your sh- Thank you for the salvation that you have given us Father, through Messiah Yeshua. Father, we ask that you would open our hearts this morning to hear your word and that we would be changed and that we would be more like you. In the precious name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Leviticus 23. We're going to read some scriptures from Leviticus 23 and also from Deuteronomy 16. Here in Leviticus 23, we have uh, the whole chapter speaks to us about the holidays that the Lord. We're going to read from verse 39, uh, 34, excuse me, verse 34, to speak to the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of this seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days to the Lord. On the first day there shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. For seven days you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. On the eighth day you shall have a holy convocation, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. It is a sacred assembly, and you shall do no customary work on that day. Verse 37, these are the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be a holy convocation, to offer an offering made by fire to the Lord, a burnt offering and a grain offering, a sacrifice and drink offerings, everything on its day. Verse 38 and 39, beside the Sabbath of the Lord, besides your gifts, besides all your vows, and besides all your free will offerings which you give to the Lord, also on the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, you shall keep the feast of the Lord for seven days. On the first day there shall be a Sabbath rest, and on the eighth day a Sabbath rest. Verse 42, and you shall dwell in booths, for seven days, all who are native Israelites shall dwell in booths. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 16. Deuteronomy 16, verses 13 to 15. You shall observe the Feast of Tabernacles seven days, when you have gathered from your threshing floor and from your wine press. And you shall rejoice in your feasts, you and your son and your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, and the Levite, the stranger, and the fatherless, and the widow who are within your gates. Seven days you shall keep a sacred feast to the Lord your God in the place which the Lord chooses, because the Lord your God will bless you in all your produce and in all the works of your hands, so that you should surely rejoice. One of the most important things that stands out in these verses is that God calls us to rejoice on these holidays. The Sukkot holiday, or the Feast of Tabernacles, is a time of joy and rejoicing. This is not a time of sadness. This is not a time of repentance. This is a time of rejoicing. You know, one of the best things about this holiday is that there's three different times that God calls us, commands us to go up to Jerusalem and to celebrate. Passover, Shavuot, and Sukkot. Sukkot is also known as the, the gathering or the reaping, you know that during the time that the temple was around, the people of Israel were working in the fields, they were gathering, they were reaping, they were sowing, they were working the land, tilling the ground. And God commanded his people to come up to Jerusalem and to rejoice. And so when I read about this, this really commandment to rejoice, 
I started to think, what really is joy? How can I be happy or have joy? It's like somebody comes to you and says, be happy. You need a reason to rejoice and be happy. If you have managed to do a, a great project or something and you have been successful at that, then you have joy. If your son or your daughter comes home with the good grades on their report card, then you have a reason to rejoice. And if you've eaten a good meal, it gives you a good reason to rejoice. In the world that we live in, I would, I would put a connection that sometimes the, the joy that we have is connected to our, our soul. It's a, a moment, just a moment of joy. Like when you're watching a soccer game and Maccabi Haifa puts in a goal and everybody is rejoicing and jumping up and down and there's such great joy in the stadium. A moment of victory. But maybe a few hours later, you come to the point where you've already forgotten that type of joy that you had. The joy that we have is not the joy that comes with an emotional point. It lasts only for a moment. There is a slogan or a saying in, in the Jewish culture that comes from the Talmud that says, there is no joy except in food and drink. If you want to be happy, then drink a little bit or drink a lot. This is what this is what the slogan says. And this is what happens a lot of times at Purim that many people get drunk. And even Gidon has told uh, Danny that at the festival, the Bereshit festival, the New Age festival, that many people got drunk just in order so that they could fulfill this commandment of being happy. I'm not talking about the joy that comes that you drink and then you're happy for that time and then in the morning you wake up with a headache. I'm speaking about the joy that God gives us. And this is the joy that I would call the joy of the Holy Spirit. Once Danny was at a wedding, and Danny was seated at a table near some, in the table was a, quite a few people that have not had the joy of knowing the Messiah. And these people were waiting that the wine and the drinks would come to the table. And the bride and the groom made a decision that there would not be wine or alcohol at the wedding. And all of a sudden, these people at my table saw the other people from the Kehillah that they started to have fun and they started to be joyful and singing and dancing. And they were in shock. They couldn't believe that you could actually be happy and be joyful and be dancing without having drunk something. Danny was at weddings and he's seen many people who were depressed. And after they drank some strong drink, then they all of a sudden became happy. This is not true reality. Amen. What God wants to give us is the joy that comes from Him, that comes from within. There is much sorrow and pain in the world. There is much trouble and depression. Pastor Danny has read an article about that every year the statistics, the number of people that suffer from depression goes up in Israel. And there's a, every year it goes up the amount of people that actually buy medicine against depression. And there's like a, a rampant rage or work with these people that are constantly in depression. We believe that the only thing that can really heal is the joy that comes from the Lord, especially in the reality that we have here in our country of Israel. <laughs> it's so easy to fall into a pit of depression and worry. Just look at the news. There is nothing good. You're talking about the war with Syria and then about the atomic bomb in Iran. 
and something else is happening in the southern part of Israel. And all of these things around us try to pull us in to a spirit of depression and sorrow. So God says here on this holiday, on this season of Sukkot, I want you to be joyful. I want you to be happy. I believe that God wants to release in us today the spirit of joyfulness that comes from the Holy Spirit. Pastor Danny talks about how sometimes he reads stories about very famous people, different ones in the world, celebrities, other people. And then you see in the story they have fallen to drugs, to alcohol. Many of them have divorced. And there are many that try to commit suicide and others that succeed in that. And if you look at their life, it's like a dream that many people have in the world to arrive at a standard that they have, money standard, to be famous, to be powerful. And up to a certain extent, these people that we read about have arrived to that standard. And then you look at their life and you don't see any joy. You don't see life. Why? They have everything that the world has to offer as far as what the world thinks is joyful and would give them happiness because they do not have something real. And we call this a fake joy, the fake happiness, the joy that would try to have happiness added to our emotions. Here I have arrived to this point, but now what? What is there? Everything that I, I wanted, I have. Why am I not happy? Why am I sad? Why am I depressed? Because they don't know the joy that comes from the Lord. There's a story in the Tanakh, in the Old Covenant, that speaks to us. And we're, we're going to go to 1 Kings chapter 12. 1 Kings chapter 12. Some of you know and maybe some of you don't know. The story of Jeroboam. So after the death of King Solomon, he put his son, Rehoboam, into his place as a king. And so after Rehoboam went into the kingdom, the ten tribes came unto him, and they asked him to be a little bit easier on them as far as the taxes and the work. And Rehoboam wanted to show them who's the boss here. And he says, no, I'm not going to make it easier for you. I'm going to actually make it harder for you. And then all of a sudden there was tyranny and uprising in the land of Israel. The ten tribes, this was during a time that was very, very difficult in the land of Israel. So the ten tribes decided to separate themselves from the land of Judah and of Benjamin. And then Jeroboam shows up and they decide that they are going to make him king of Israel. He reigned over the northern part of Israel. But he had no authority or rule or reign over the area of Jerusalem. There, the area was under the control and the authority of Rehoboam. And so Jeroboam had the fear that these ten tribes would leave him if they ever went towards Rehoboam. So let's read 1 Kings 12, verse 26. Verse 26, And Jeroboam said in his heart, now the kingdom may return to the house of David if these people go up to offer sacrifices in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem. Then the heart of this people will turn back to their Lord, Rehoboam, the king of Judah. 
and they will kill me and go back to Rehoboam, king of Judah. So Jeroboam sees that there are three times in the scriptures that these people need to go up to Jerusalem. You can't really separate this fact. They need, they have to go up to Jerusalem. But he started to fear. And he thinks in his heart, the moment that they start to go up to Jerusalem, they will get closer to the king Rehoboam, and they will go under his lordship, and they would then come back and kill me. So he comes up with his own ideas. So in verse 28, we read, Therefore the king asked advice, made two calves of gold, and said to the people, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, O Israel, which brought you up from the land of Egypt. Verse 29, we read, And he set one up in Bethel, and the other he put in Dan. Now this thing became a sin, for the people went to worship before the one as far as Dan. In verse 31, we said, He made shrines on the high places, and he made priests from every class of people who were not of the sons of Levi. Verse 32, Jeroboam ordained a feast on the 15th day of the 8th month, like the feast that was in Judah, and offered sacrifices on the altar. So he did it at Bethel, sacrificing to the calves that he had made. And at Bethel he installed the priests of the high places which he had made. And so during the time of the 7th month that the children of Israel are supposed to go up to Jerusalem and celebrate Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, so Jeroboam decides, I'm going to decree that we're going to have a holiday. And he set up and he made two golden calves. He put them in two different places, one in the area of Dan and one in the area of Bethel. And he says to the children of Israel that are under him, go there and worship the Lord your God. And he just took any old people from within the people themselves and made them as priests and governance over this area. He just makes up some sort of date. And he says to them, this is a feast unto the Lord. Do not go up to Jerusalem to the Sukkot. Stay here. We're going to make here our own celebration for the Feast of Tabernacles. And you know what was happening with all this? That the people went after him, followed after him. So I think also about the children of Israel that they think, wow, going all the way to Jerusalem with all the kids. You know, let's just stay here close to home and we can celebrate here at home. And we'll have a little bit more time for the holiday to rest and relax. And so therefore they go and they celebrate with the golden calves. So why is Pastor Danny sharing this message with us? The Sukkot that we know now is not the same Sukkot or festival of booths that God has planned and ordained. It's wonderful to see the Sukkot, the booths built up all over the land and see the people celebrating. But to really celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles without God it's a waste of time. It's like this with every holiday. If God is not with you during this holiday, you're just wasting your time. God says to his people to come to Jerusalem because he wanted to meet with them there. They, he wanted to be, rejoice with them there. This is one of the reasons he called them to come to Jerusalem. To come to the house of God. To listen and to meet with him. And so now the children of Israel are celebrating this holiday without God at all. It's just become a tradition. If you really want to experience the true joy, God needs to be in your holiday. Danny knows how to make cake. One type of cake. 
and he's good at it. He's good at cheesecake. And he still has not learned his recipe by memory. It's still written down. He knows that he needs to put in some eggs and some vanilla and to put in some cream cheese, some sour cream, some sugar. Put it in the oven at the right temperature. And then out comes, out comes a good cheesecake. He doesn't say that out of pride, but he knows the outcome is a good cheesecake. So think for yourselves. Danny's getting ready to make this cheesecake, and it says he needs four eggs. So he says, well, I've got one egg. I'll just do that one egg. And it says on there you need a white cream cheese. Ah, it's okay. I've got cottage cheese. Let's put cottage cheese instead. And it says sugar. I don't have any sugar. Let's put salt instead. It's white. It's, it's the same, right? It looks the same. Then I mix it all up, and I put it into the oven, and I serve it to you. And you have a bite, and certainly your face will make a funny face. Ooh, why is that like that? God commanded a certain way that things are supposed to be. And the moment that you change something, it is not going to end up and be the same thing that God wanted. And this is one of the reasons why you do not have the blessing of God. So Jeroboam said to his people, don't go to Jerusalem. Go to Bethel. Go to Dan. Worship there. And all of a sudden, maybe we see Jeroboam says to the people, who wants to be a high priest? And everybody raises their hands. And what, what kind of date should we have? Uh, let's go play the date game. One, two, three. Okay, on this day. And all of a sudden, we have a holiday that God did not ordain. God did not plan. God did not put into place. And in our world today, we have so many different faiths that came about into being exactly like this. Just a man shows up with a great idea. He finds a few people, and all of a sudden he turns it into a faith, into a religion. Every time that Pastor Danny goes fishing, uh, something he saw with a... Oh, and he sees some people doing yoga on their small little mats with their legs bent up and over and it kind of looks hurtful and so Danny says if you do yoga like this for sure you're going to have to go be in the hospital bending in certain and so Danny's with his rod and he's just walking along praising the Lord hallelujah and so Danny sees them putting their legs up and over and they're trying to find peace listen brothers and sisters the way to peace and true joy is something that comes from the Lord only. The joy, the joy that comes from the Lord and what he wants to give us, amen, is not what the world wants to give us. Succeed, be successful, be famous. This is the way you're going to be happy. But I say to you, this is not the way. Learn from these people that have already come to that part of their life and they never found joy. You can be at home with your rent that you need to pay, with a very small table, with a small bowl of soup, a little bit of bread. Um, and you can be happier than happy, more joyful than the person who's got a table spread with delicacies. The joy you cannot buy. The joy is something that the Lord gives you. So in Proverbs chapter 17, Proverbs chapter 17, let's see what joy does. Proverbs 17, verse 22. 
A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. In other words, a joyful heart, a happy heart, a full heart will bring you joy. It's like good medicine. But a spirit that has sadness in it will dry up your bones. You will not be able to work. Even in the medical world and technology that we know today, they say that the more that you're joyful and happy, the better you are for your health. Sadness and being nervous and upset it is not good for your body. So let's turn to math to Proverbs 15, verse 13. A merry heart makes a joyful, cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. A happy heart, you can see it on the outside. A happy heart, a person who is joyful and happy, you can see it. But a person who is sad, he always walks with his head down. You speak with him. To draw forth a smile from him is difficult, very difficult. But a person who's joyful and happy, it's not just this inside joy, but it's a joy that's shown on their face, and they say, hey, how's it going? And they have a smile. How are you? I have no money for the rent, but praise God, I am good. Hallelujah. I don't have the money for the electricity, but I know God is going to take care of me. We have a sister in our midst. Her name is Basha, and of all things, she's not here today. And every time that we see her, she says, we say, how are you? And she says, hallelujah, praise be to God. And I know that she has a, a whole list of problems, so many things that she needs to overcome. But the joy that comes from the Lord is not dependent on the things that are the outward part of us here. You can have problems and you can still be full of the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is not dependent upon our needs on the outside, but upon the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Habakkuk chapter 3. I love these verses, Danny says. Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 to 19. Habakkuk 3, verse 17 to 19. Though the fig tree may not blossom, and there is no fruit on the vine, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there is no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. Can you say that this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. And even with the seeds that I planted, if they never bring forth fruit, and in our days we would say, if I never got a paycheck at the end of the month, and if I have problems with my back, I choose to rejoice in the Lord God. Amen. I will rejoice in the God of my strength, the God of my salvation. The joy that we have, the joy that we have does not come from the things that the world has around us. But it's from the things that God has for us. Let's go to Luke chapter 10 in the New Covenant. And here we see that Yeshua is trying to teach his disciples a very important thing. Yeshua goes and he sends his disciples out and they see signs and miracles. People are healed. People are walking. Luke 10, 17. 
Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And all of a sudden, these disciples received like a supernatural power. And every place that they went, that they prayed in the name of Messiah, Yeshua, they saw miracles. So see what Yeshua says to him in verse 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice rather that your names are written in heaven. The moment that you know that your name is written in heaven, it doesn't matter to me how many people said to me before Yom Kippur that your name would be inscribed. And it's, you know, it's become such a slogan that we say, may your name be inscribed in the life. May your name be inscribed in life. May your name be inscribed in the book of life. Everybody says it, everybody to each other. Somebody says to Danny, may you have your name be inscribed in the book of life. He says, hey, my name is inscribed already. My name is written in heaven. And Yeshua says, rejoice in these things. Not from the things around you. Today we have, tomorrow we don't have. We Just like the grass that goes from the field one day it blooms and then the next day it's burned up but the thing that is supposed to rejoice have you rejoice in the Lord is that your name is written in the book of heaven that you will be one day for all eternity with God with Yeshua and Danny's always telling us this and Danny always says to everybody may you be blessed with long life till 120 but we know that it ends one day it will end. doesn't matter how much you eat healthy, and it doesn't matter how much you are exercising and taking care of yourself. One day it will finish, and it will end. And one day you will stand before God, and he will open the book of life, and he will look down all those names. Oh, Daniel Siah. Yes, he's there. Is your name written in the book of life? Is your name written there? The moment that you know this with certainty, it will give you such joy that it doesn't matter what you will be going through because I know that I'm here temporarily. How hard it is, there's an end to it. I will be with my Father in heaven. Verse 21, In that hour Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and revealed them to the babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. So many um, movies that are made about Yeshua, they show him as such a very serious person. There's a new movie that came out now that, that Yeshua doesn't even blink his eyes. He's so serious. But I want to tell you that Yeshua was full of joy. Here we see that he was full of the Spirit, rejoiced in the Spirit. And here I believe that he said to them something like this. He says, I praise to my Lord, to my Father, that you've hidden these things from the wise and the prudent. Hallelujah. Not like, thank you, Father, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent. He was full of joy. Let's turn to Isaiah 44. Soon we're going to finish. Isaiah 44, another hour maybe we'll finish. Oh, this was just a prelude to the message that Danny's going to give. Isaiah 44, verse 1. Yet hear me now, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel whom I have chosen. Thus says the Lord who made you and formed you from the womb, 
who will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and you, Yeshurun, whom I have chosen. Amen. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty. On who will he pour water? On who? On the thirsty one. And floods on the dry ground. And I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your offspring. Amen. And so already in the Old Covenant here in Isaiah, we see that he says he will pour out water on him who is thirsty and on your children. Now let's go back to the New Covenant. To go back to John, book of John, chapter 7. John chapter 7. And so the holiday of the Feast of Tabernacles was known was known in Jerusalem and was known in the places of the drawing of the water. There was a place in Jerusalem where they drew forth the water. And so it was tradition that you took water from the Shiloh fountain, from the pool there, and you would pour that water and you bring it up into the temple and pour it into a golden cup, and it would symbolize the rains that were going to come soon, that we are coming now into a rainy season. And it says in the Talmud that if you have not experienced and seen the joy that happens when they're pulling forth this water and drawing forth this water, you have not experienced real joy. They would dance. They would sing. They were joyful. They were praising the Lord. It was a joyful sound. And so listen and think. The, the joy that was going forth, it's not from the scriptures, from the Old Covenant. It's not in the Old Covenant, written anywhere in the Old Covenant. And even there's a story about the righteous, the, uh, the righteous and the Pharisees. And so the Sadakim, the righteous, would stand and say, okay, if it's not written like this in the Old Covenant, then it's not to be. And so there's a story that one of them took some of that water and he poured it on his, on his foot. Like, see, it's not even written in the Bible, so what is God going to do about this? And it says, the story goes that at the same time, the, the people, the assembly was so angry that he did this. They killed him with their etrogim, that species that we have especially for the Sukkot. Now, in the middle of all of this, we see that Yeshua shows up. In verse 37, John seven thirty-seven, On the last day, the great day of the feast, Yeshua stood and he cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He sees and he shows them things that they have not seen before. He looks at them and he declares, Whoever is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And then he relates it to the scriptures that we read in, in Isaiah. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Yeshua was not yet glorified. God wants to give each one of you the joy that comes only from the Holy Spirit. You cannot receive this any other way, not with good deeds. There's only one way you can receive that, and is that you are thirsty and you're ready to come. Pastor Danny, 18 years ago, came to him, came to Yeshua, and he said to me, come, you're thirsty, come. And I was joyful, and he filled me.
the joy that he gives is not the joy that Pastor Danny had before. It's an everlasting joy. It is the joy that will take you through and follow you through the hardest moments of your life. It is a joy that will give you a reality and a reason for your life. Let's stand. I believe that Yeshua is standing in our midst. And he says, whoever is thirsty, come. Whoever's thirsty, come. Come to me. Yeshua is the same one that was and is and will be. He's here and he wants to give us of his spirit. He wants us to be fulfilled and filled up with his spirit. The spirit and the joy that comes from the Holy Spirit. Even at this holiday of the Feast of Tabernacles. This is a time of rejoicing. This is a time of thinking of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. We're here as a family. God wants to heal. If there's someone here that is suffering from pain and suffering from depression, if you're suffering from evil spirits, God is here to heal. He wants you to be filled with his spirit, with his joy. If there's others here, if you want to experience that river, that living water, God says, if you are thirsty, come. We want to open up the altar here in front of us, the beginning of the altar. If you want that living water, if you want that joy that I talked about, I invite you to come forward so we can pray together. God is here to fill you up. Don't miss this time. You can go out of here full, perfect, filled up with this Holy Spirit, the holy joy. Father, we pray for everyone that comes in this place. Father, those who are thirsty, those who want a change in their life, those who are tired of the way their life is now, Father, bring them to you now in the name of Yeshua. Those of you that have come forward, I want you to lift up your hands before the Lord. When we lift our hands, we say, Father, we surrender to you. We want more of you. It says we want more of you. Let's pray this prayer together. Father Yeshua, here I am. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. I pray that you would fill me up. That you would fill me up with living water, fountains of water. Fill me up with your spirit. I want to go out from here with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Heal me. Heal me from depression, from sadness, from sorrow, from everything that would try to take from me this joy. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Our prayer team is going to come and pray for you. Ask the Holy Spirit to come and to fill you.
as a deer pants for the water, so my soul pants and longs. Let's just pray that the Lord will really speak to us.